Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast, America's premier flesh and blood podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. And I'm your host, Isaac Jessen. And I'm your host, Cologne Hongeman. <laughs> Hongeman, honeyman. What's up, my guys? How way to, are you? Way to set the tone, Taylor, for the weird. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Sunday afternoon. I've cracked an adult beverage. I'm ready to go. I got, I remember in middle school, I got like accepted to some program and I didn't go because they <clears throat> spelled my name Colin Hogerman. And I was like, well, you guys can't even spell my name. So not going to that school. <laughs> I stuck it to him. Uh, I classically always had my name spelled wrong in the newspaper, in the sports section, in my stats wrong, which I was furious about and still am very mad about as well. Be like, Taylor Marrow had 12 points. I was like, motherfuck, I had 25. And it's with an O, not an A. Yeah, but what about Taylor Marrow, who was also on your team? <laughs> he no. had 12 points. <laughs> no. Not a person. I always had humble brag. Of, I have, oh, when they're in the newspaper, <laughs> they spell my name wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I hate that. No, it's like the tiniest two sentences, and they get it wrong. But the other bigger schools that all correct, and they get a whole full page. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just annoying because all they're doing is reading your name off of something and transcribing it. <laughs> which is the easiest way to spell things right, but still don't. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Like, they could just copy and paste and it would work. Both of my names are always spelled wrong, if that makes you feel any better. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're Isaac Jensen. Mm -hmm. It's okay, though. Damn. And everybody thinks you're Colin Hodgman. <laughs> Colin Powell fucked up my childhood. I will say that <laughs> his name is Colin and he has people pronounce it that way for whatever reason. And because of him, everyone said Colin and then they would get to my last name, which I don't think is very hard to pronounce, but oh, you know, it's phonetic. Oh, you're it's phonetic. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, that. it's like, it's really not that bad. Uh, they'd just be like, Colin. I was like, it's Colin and it's Honig. Nobody's named Colin, you know, like Colin Nobody. is a normal name. Yeah. And, and no one spells it with two L's either. And if you <laughs> have do your it. sounds down, you can say Honig. <laughs> if you have your sounds down. You know? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. To Teachers have... that in my classes didn't have their sounds down, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Anyways, what an interesting detour that well, was. Welcome to our flesh and blood <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh today we're gonna talk about the direction flesh and blood is going and uh, it's a very broad topic and uh, we're going to, we're going to get into it and it's going to be great. And it's going to be amazing and it's going to be excellent content. But before we get to that, what is it? We have, we have news. Nice. We're just right at the top of the show. We're going to take care of this business. Pummelgate. It happened. I know. The United Kingdoms is controversial, having an issue yet again at their national championships. First, it's the Matthew Folks situation. Then the Queen died, and they <laughs> they had to move it slash not move it. 
and traffic was bad, et cetera. And now we have Pummelgate. So totally. the UK, just a yeah. hotbed. Tiny country, big issues. Yeah. <laughs> it all started with Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> or colonialism. It's one of those two things that had a big impact on the world. <laughs> oh, we love the UK. Great country. All right. How are Our, we? How are you framing this? How are you? How are you broaching this topic here? Okay, it's it's a controversial topic. So basically, what happens here is in the top cut of the national championship, a pummel was pummeled upon a player. Dun, dun, dun. And then that player did not discard via the pummel text. Then the controversy went around because of everybody knows what pummel does. And when it deals damage to you, you got to discard a card. But per the rules, if you forget to announce that said discard trigger as the person who is pummeling, not being pummeled, then you will then have missed it if you then move the gameplay forward. Now, yep. where this all gets more complicated is with the recent uh, rules article back alley break line some number that just came out about mandatory triggers and <laughs> go, judges having look it the up. There's authority. Your, there's your reference number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mandatory triggers and judges having the authority to rewind game states when mandatory triggers are missed to make sure the game should be as it should be. And so the the issue was partially that, you know, gosh, and we we had we have a whole episode about this very scenario that has just happened and the like episode 71. If you want to hear us talk for an hour and a half about this whole thing. And why it's confusing. Go, <laughs> go listen to that. And not to be so, very topical ahead of the time. We really nailed yeah. it on that one. I know. It's the first time in our <laughs> three years, four that years. That we've been on topic. <laughs> that we've like nailed something like that. That's like so, so relatable. That isn't like a level up. Anyway, uh, the big issue I think a lot of people took was that then the person who elected to not discard a card because their opponent did not specifically announce that they needed to uh went to defend their honor on twitter and was basically like yeah if he's not going to announce it i'm not going to do it and a lot of people then flamed that person for being unsportsmanlike that's the whole thing yep. yeah i think that that sums it up pretty well there is and then there was also just like I think a lot of people would just be like, well, why didn't they rewind that? <clears throat> There's reasons the judge is there. They decide whether or not that happens. Uh, that is part of what we talked about in that episode of like giving a lot of uh, power to the judge to be the point at which like that decision is filtered through and there's not really any clear guideline and it's just like it's up to them, which I guess that's what a judge is for. Uh, it was some one of the things we thought was weird. Um, and then 
homie was just like, no, I'm always going to do that. I'm never going to do this unless you tell me it happens. I don't care. Like, I don't care if I know what it is. Like, you're bad. If, you know, basically, I don't know. I'm summarizing. But basically, it's like, you're bad <laughs> if you're going to do this. Like, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a lot of pro players agreed with him. And everyone else was like, you guys sound like a bunch of pricks. <laughs> so uh, there's a bit of... Uh, there's a bit of that going on. I also heard recently that somebody who said at their local armory, everyone is like shouting out their pummel triggers. <laughs> or just any triggers in general, you know? Yeah. Which is, I think, is really funny reaction to that. Uh, just kind of like malicious compliance on both ends there. Um, and it, it, it just is what it is. I think in the past I've said like... <clears throat> You don't have to be a person that allows someone to take something back if they like mess up something like out of sequence, like because then you're not guaranteed that they'll give you that same grace. And I think we've even talked to multiple people at high levels that have said they've done that and then they weren't, you know, given the same uh, ability to kind of recall a a play. Um, And that I think that is a related but different issue i think you know if someone pummels me i'm already just like damn i just got pummeled like i better pick which card i'm discarding and i'm not thinking like well are they gonna say i discard and i guess that just is the difference you know one of the many differences between how i play this game and and higher level people do and i get that is what it is i think a lot of people are rightly disappointed in LSS his t- stance on this because it does feel like it uh, rewards rule sharking, which they have clearly stated in the rules is illegal and is cheating. So it's it's a weird thing of like, it's cheating, but if you do it correctly, it's not. Yeah. And it will help you win games. If you're successful at it, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I, <clears throat> I, um, I don't let my opponent take things back and I don't ask to take things back um, in pro level games just because, yeah, it gets into some weird situations where they might not let you take something back later or you get two takesy backsies and they only get one and it like skews the game and you know, you like don't want to introduce any of that into it. So it's just, if something gets missed or you play incorrectly or whatever, then it's like, that is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. As far as this mandatory trigger goes, I'm of the opinion that it is good sportsmanlike play to when a mandatory trigger happens and you don't honestly miss it to just comply with it. Um, as we talked about before um starting this show, you know, like MNR cast, Arsenal pass, they all went on and kind of agreed with the the player who did not discard. And, you know, there's a variety of opinions out there. But just for me personally, I think that if the trigger is caught, like if you get pummeled and you know you're supposed to discard, um, I will personally just discard um, in the spirit of the game. I think that... I mean, I guess a lot of people ruled that this was not technically cheating, which it's not. Um, But as Taylor um, alluded to, the new set of rules makes it seem like if there is a mandatory trigger that is missed and then it is caught and the game state has not changed so much that you can't roll it back and correct the trigger, then it should be rolled back. And 
the trigger should be corrected and judges now have the agency to do this. So for me, kind of the big controversy in addition to rule sharking, I guess, is like, why was the game state not corrected when it seems like the new rules were kind of clearly made for this situation and, you know, the, the judge was aware of the new rules and has the power to do this. So I don't understand why it wasn't corrected. Right. Um, yeah, I guess that's my, my biggest question here and my biggest take on it. Yeah. It's like, it goes to that, that thing, go listen to episode 71, uh, (laughs) where we talk about judges are not referees, you know, but the chat surely is a referee (laughs) anytime you play on stream, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like one of the challenging things. Uh, and you know, it's a very nuanced situation and there was definitely like no cheating involved, you know, uh, per the rules. So it's like perfectly legal, but, uh, the rules as written with their policies currently are allowing for players to take advantage of them in a, what feels like to us B level and some a level and below players, uh, feels like getting taken advantage of, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think for me also personally, along with you, Isaac, and I'm sure Colin, uh, it is very, it's, you know, the sportsmanlike thing to do is to just, you know, discard for the pummel because that's also how the game should be. And then you need to, I need to play out of that correct game state. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's the the tough part about it because I think that is like a pretty, you know, clear situation. But if the rules are going to allow you to like get away with that, then at the highest level, of course, you're going to try to do that. And that's kind of the, the, the issue maybe with card games in general, how the rules of them are is that the people involved in trying to win the game are in charge of keeping track of the rules of the game. Whereas in more traditional sports and that sort of thing, you, uh, someone is watching you because they know your nature is nefarious when you're trying to <laughs> trying to win something. So then there's like a whole set of jobs in a profession around policing people in a competitive environment because of this very thing, you know? Um, and that then there's also policies in those sports. Like we talk about it a lot at the high school level about sportsmanship in the proper way to talk to your opponents and referees, fans, etc. You know what I mean? And you can get penalized for how you are with that. And I think those are in the rules also uh, for flesh and blood, but you know, it's, it's, it's a weird area that's very specific to our very specific hobby. 
you know? Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's <clears throat> unique, right? Because you can't have a referee for each of 300 yeah. tables. Yeah. And it, so logistically it's impossible. So then it leads to this weird, like self-policing thing. And the system works pretty well in general and that there's two of you at the table at odds with each other. So if either of you catches something, you can call a judge and, you know, most of the time it really works out. Um, yeah. Just one point you kind of alluded to is, and a lot of people brought up, I just wanted to touch on is that a lot of people kind of compared this to a missed tunic trigger and things like that. And to me, these are night and day because a may is like an optional trigger that you need to remember to catch. And a pummel is a mandatory trigger, which affects the game state and needs to happen for you yeah. know fair play to continue. It's it's mandatory. It changes the game state and the game should be played from that point forward. Whereas a tunic trigger is like, ah, shit, I missed my tunic trigger. You know, you don't yeah. rewind it back to that. Um, so those yeah. are like very different things. Um, yeah. In my opinion. And I think in the rules opinion. <laughs> yeah. Which they are. The rules are clear about those two things to a degree. One thing I would like to also note about this whole situation is it it like definitely looks very nefarious on stream. And that's also because we can't hear what the players are saying. We only mm-hmm. can infer from what their wrists, hands, and cards are doing. And part of that is that the person who needs to discard a card points and touches pummel and then doesn't discard a card, you know? And we also don't know when a judge was actually informed of that and when they needed to roll it back because then the, you know, Dromai goes on with their turn, uh, you know, at a regular pace and then three cards have been played, et cetera. So you really, the game state, depending on when it's caught, can't be rolled back then. You know what I mean? So if it's caught, like once you draw up from your turn before they play a card, I bet that they maybe would have um, rolled it back, but maybe not because it's up to the judge's discretion. And this is my other point that I have since now I'm talking. I have the conch. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk. It's my turn. Uh, it's debatable. <laughs> Great British accent, Isaac. I love it. It's so good. Maybe it's Australian. I don't know. Uh, Could be Irish also. Uh, Is that I don't understand why we have a dedicated judge at the stream table that just sits there and passes them dice. Like, here, it's the seven attack. Use this dice. Like, if you're going to have someone sit there the whole time, you might as well fucking have them referee the game. You know what I mean? Like if they go to miss this pummel trigger and, and they're sitting there, why not just be like, hey, discard for pummel? Because chat surely is going to do that and influence something that happens. So if you're going to yeah. have someone sit there, have them do something, right? Yeah. Rather than <laughs> nothing. Because chat is going to do it for you and affect yeah. then people's outcomes of their tournament yeah and i think what taylor means by that is chat informs the announcers and then the announcers informs the judge and it's the exact same thing as if the game was refereed but yeah yeah. and i think that's that's the weirdest thing and we did talk about that already in that other episode so again go back if you didn't listen to it it's it's not fair if you're on stream that 
you know, chat referees your game, but the judge who's sitting there doesn't. So it's like either don't allow chat to influence a game because that one, I think that is weird. That shouldn't be the absolutely. Way <clears throat> if you catch something like, you know, if someone's cheating, that's one thing. If someone makes a mistake, that's another. And I think that's also like the policy of miss triggers in my mind is more about when both players miss the trigger. But when one player is actively being like, Oh, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I'm going to wait for them. Like, and this is all admittedly by the, by the person saying, I know that it happened. I was not going to do it unless they said it. And I did not do it because they did not say it. And that's where everyone's just like, well, that sounds crappy. But also when you were talking about sports, I realized that, you know, in the UK, you know, football is like the number one sport and they like to fall down anytime they're touched. <laughs> so to get a penalty kick. So it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's like the rule sharking of, of, of soccer is to, you know, take the dive to get the penalty kick whenever you can, because that's an advantage. Um, but you can get carded if the official deems that you're being too disingenuous. Yeah, if you if you really, get called though, for diving, you can get ejected from the match. Whereas yeah. here, they're you always can just rolling get... on the ground. <laughs> they're always rolling on the ground, grabbing their leg in pain, and then they get up and kick the ball as fast as possible. It happens at every level for every sport. I for sure took advantage of the refs playing high school sports and baited them into getting me free throws all of the time. That's true. I uh, that's fair for all sports, I guess. But uh, it, I just it's it was different funny. when it's on somebody else, not you. You know what that's, I mean? Yeah, it's on your opponent to be like, "Well, that doesn't that really a penalty, right?" Yeah, and then that's how you get in fist fights at open gym when you're like, "That's a fucking foul!" It's like, "Dude, was it? You're a fucking snowflake, no boy, cuck! You yeah. suck! It was a fucking foul." I had you're a like, frustrating yes, week at work. Yeah, Fuck you. Like, I'm missing two front teeth. Of course you fucking fouled me. No, those are fucking fake teeth, ball. You know, etc. I don't know what your guys' open gym is like, but that's not how mine is either. I don't do uh, I don't play sports with people I don't know, so <laughs> I'm all red in the face. I'm heated. No, I do remember playground as a kid and shit was wild. Yeah. Lots of fights. You know quote unquote fights. I I will but... <laughs> anyway, Colin last... from the elementary school of the hard knocks over there. <laughs> the last uh the last point I'd like to make is that just to play devil's advocate on your point is that then if on stream games are refereed and off stream games are not refereed, then it'll highly incentivize players of all kinds and especially players who are looking to shark opponents to not be on the stream and decline yeah. going on, which I don't, I don't think... really want to create that kind of atmosphere. Either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would I kind it... of rather play with a ref because I, then I don't have to think about as much and just yeah. play, but you know, I think if you're going to play out the top eight of a national championships, one game at a time, and you have a judge, like then you should just have the judge referee the game because it's that high level. You want to make sure that the game is played fairly both players are very nervous and probably tired. Why not just do that if that's how you're going to do it for the stream anyways? But don't, you know, don't referee every game on stream leading up to that. Like, 
But then I, I don't know, the whole thing is messy because every time Chad is like, oh my God, he didn't do that. Oh my God. And it's like, even when I'm casting, I'm like, I'm like, last time that I was casting, I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not refereeing this game. They're there to do this. It's not fair to, to do that. You know, like, like to have a thousand <laughs> spectators, you know, looking over your shoulder to be like, oh, he missed that. Like, because if you are watching a game, you can call a judge. Like that is part of the rules too. Like, but it just seems to not scale very well to a large live audience, which is all weird and messy. So I don't know. It's that's why it's a controversy and it's Pummelgate. And it was funny to watch people argue and see who who likes to, you know, gain the advantage where they can. That has happened to me before where I played a blue card and then tried to play a dragon with go again um or attack with a dragon with go again and i had not played a red card that turn so like an observer observed that and called a judge and then we rewound it and everything was fine it was just due to fatigue but um like i understand the technicality but how is that so different than like ignoring a pummel trigger right like i played <laughs> that incorrectly if you were to, honestly rules, right? like i played a blue yeah. card and i tried to attack with a dragon with go again right which is against the rules but if i get pummeled and don't discard that's a mandatory trigger how is that not against the rules because maybe i'm getting too abstract here well <laughs> uh you are it's weird right because like you have to announce that that trigger has happened as the person who owns it, the pummeler and the pummelee has no, uh, there's no incentive for them. They don't have to say anything. Kind of, I mean, get pummeled. there's a sand of Sandakai trigger that happens when I play a red card, it gets triggered and then dragons get go again. So if I don't announce that, did I miss it? And then I can't attack with go, you know what I mean? Like totally there are shortcuts. Yeah. That's why this, uh, is controversial <laughs> yeah that yeah. actually does that does seem what does sands of sandakai say does it say you may get go again <laughs> or they just have go again i don't know I'm, you just, don't, like, I'm just rifting at this point we're beyond the notes <laughs> yeah no that I, we're beyond the i think <laughs> i think the the hard line of like oh you have to announce all these triggers while yes we all understand that we want to make sure people understand how the game is supposed to work. But like if we had to announce no, every single trigger, it's, it would be, it would be an insane game of being like explaining just layers of resolving. It's exhausting. Uh, of, yeah. It's, like, it's Dromai oh. that has the trigger. So if you've played a red card this turn, dragons oh, okay. you control have go again while attacking oh yeah sand right. of sandakai just means just that attack. they can attack yeah, yeah yeah so anyway same thing but draw my instead yeah, yeah someone's totally. gonna yell at us for not knowing that yeah <laughs> fucking idiots over it attack action podcast i mean technically you have to announce that trigger even though it's mandatory that's what i'm saying that's what i mean it's, do they not go if again follow if I it to the T, it? it's insane i know it's the same thing like well i'm just not going to tick my life total down until my opponent correctly tells me the amount of life i should lose totally that's my favorite one yeah okay take four damage right. okay little smiley face scribble all right 
I, I think we can say that we've correctly solved Pummelgate and it's fine and it will never happen again. Totally. Because we're all going to scream Pummel, discard a card and yeah. hit. Definitely not in the UK. There'll be no more controversies out of them. Yeah. Totally. They're three for three, baby. <laughs> now it's just they got to go four for four. Wait, is Brexit like, or no, the Queen dying the third one? Queen is the second. Oh, okay. Colonialism is the first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Oops. continue with the news, Colin. All right. Spoiler season, which shouldn't surprise anybody, started way before the dates they actually said they was going to start. What? No uh, way. Already gotten, what? Already gotten Crazy. some spoilers. People have feelings about them. And they're not afraid to tag Brian Gottlieb about those feelings. Uh, but yeah, we got a couple Let of things. Know. Three things. The, the king uh, of flesh and blood. Got a new <laughs> new brute card. We got a new draconic action book. We got a bunch of mech cards that look all crazy. Mech looks crazy. Uh, and then also it just looks like there's going to be a bunch of legendaries for other classes in the extent, expansion slot, which is pretty fun, I think. I know. I absolutely love this. And we'll talk more about this design as we get into the main topic. But big shout out to the assassin cards that are happening. Already dead. Love that. It's a six with contract. (laughs) That costs two. So our girl, Azuri, is going to be swapping that in. And you're already dead. And we also have uh, Shriek. but Majestics in that deck. (laughs) Dude. And now you have Shriek Razors. So now you just have like legit all contract buyback silver legendaries head toe toe to tip head to head to toe there we go got there words <laughs> yeah that's, that's a nice one <laughs> i think yeah shriek razor seems cool i azuri doesn't buy back her stuff very often though so it's nope. not like the most exciting thing arachne hell yeah he does do it he needs some extra help i don't know if already dead is even great in his deck but oh yeah it is so great i mean i'm sure it is yeah it's a six so it's it's good um i like that it's the 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 non-action card which is like i don't know if we've seen that on a card yet (laughs) i just thought that was funny it was like it's a non-action uh which i guess you know so it has to be a reaction or a it's titanium bomb or a block card. It's true. It could be a guardian Coming up again. It, co- it, it covers everything that's not an action. Yeah. I just yep. thought that was interesting. Equipment. I guess uh, also Evos are not actions. Aren't those right? equipments? Or I guess exactly. when you're blocking, if you're blocking with the card before it's an equipment. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an action equipment. Mechanolic, just mm-hmm. action equipment. Evo. Oh, yeah. Fuck. At least the base head one steel soul memory gotcha fuck all right still sick though Ugh. you just edit that out whatever nah leave it in <laughs> i'm honest we're i discard the pummel <laughs> uh yeah so it's it's fun you got these new cards we'll see how they they work and you know everyone gets a little taste in the expansion slot which hopefully doesn't make those cards cost like an insane amount but they might yeah, I don't like know. One in, 
lately 16 flesh and blood has been overprinting like legendaries and stuff you know what i mean that's the true. price on all those all those has been like pretty low so unless they're breaking the trends i think it'll be fine which is great if you're buying singles <laughs> and bad if you buy boxes Absolutely. don't buy boxes anymore colin that's what i'm telling myself <laughs> right now i'm gonna s- somebody yeah. clip that and send it to colin every two weeks yeah right you know i i was thinking about turning off my team covenant subscription but it already charged so. <laughs> <laughs> same and then i was like well i guess i'm getting these ones I'm getting these boxes that's fine but mine's not I, that i think many. like like yours is like 20 mine's like three i get a case now so i think like one case is fine you can get some stuff it's you know i can hold on to some sealed well i say that whatever i'm not talking about this uh you can you can bring it to our uh attack action podcast bash weekend and we can draft those boxes that's right aka the hype house yeah we have house on that coming soon uh any or what else in the news that's about it i put in here that i wanted to know your personal news and updates from your lives um just because i i'm interested in that but maybe we've pontificated too long already and need to skip it what are your thoughts i'll go i mine's one sentence we had a lightning complex and i worked a fuck ton and then i got covid and then a month went by and already it's september and what's a lightning complex for yeah, those and like a, other oh, inferior it's like a complex. series of thunder <laughs> <laughs> it's like a series of thunderstorms that have a lot of lightning and because it's august mm. and very dry lightning can start a lot of fires in it which it did so tell that to the humidity that i'm experiencing down <laughs> here <laughs> uh i'll do i got one i we went to go see beyonce uh which was dope and you know personal professional shout out my company programmed the robots in that show uh so it was very cool to see live and see the work of my my coworkers and direct reports and friends uh become pretty pretty widely acknowledged as a cool part of that show so nice that was that was fun cool hell yeah all right, Taylor, you I go. I was told I can share that now, so I'm sharing it in, in, in my own weird way. <laughs> Congratulations to you, Colin. I'm very sorry, Isaac. Uh, for myself, uh, I guess two things. School is in full swing. Athletic directoring, my little butt off. Um, yeah, just a lot of long nights at being the admin at games. And uh, our school has yet to win a game in any sport for the fall. So mm-hmm. we're yes. waiting around for that to happen. Hopefully Monday volleyball gets the first win of the year. All right. Quick question, though. Yeah. What's the new slang that the kids are saying? Oh, okay. Have, have you picked up on any? And do you know what it means? <laughs> there isn't anything yet. They're still using, like, bet and... uh slay and that sort of thing but we're in the middle of nowhere (laughs) yeah so we kind of we kind of get stuff late so we'll we'll see there's nothing new i heard kids are saying again oh yeah they sound bruh yeah i mean that's okay come back around a a group did they ever not say that though (laughs) there's a, a group of young men that have taken to just barking 
<laughs> so they'll just be like walking through the parking lot going like ruh, ruh, ruh. and then another one of them will hear it elsewhere and we'll start going like ruh, ruh, ruh. and it's like you know stupid that's that's like <laughs> that's when teens sick, become, I'm on board <laughs> they become self-aware enough that they're like they're weirdly intimidating to adults because they're just wild cards so if they start barking you're like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I just go like, wow, those kids are yeah, something else. Shit. <laughs> uh, the other big piece of news for me personally is me and my wife, Maria, bought a new car. We are now congratulations, the proud owners of a Kia EV6. So we're living that zero emission lifestyle. I'm typing it in. <laughs> doesn't know what it looks like it's pretty cool we're calling it the batmobile yeah how how would i is it black <laughs> it's like a blue black it's pretty cool nice oh, it does look good yeah electric cars car. man fucking sweet so cool yeah it is pretty cool yeah i'm loving yeah, that like the, how long does the, the charge take though can you go on like an eight hour road trip uh do you have to fill up if you drive eight hours Oh, it's a hybrid. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just saying, so how long? What combustion engine needs doesn't need gas in an eight-hour road trip? You know, it's uh, not a combustion. No, no, no. Engine, no. But <laughs> some EVs you have to stop for like four hours to charge. That was my question. Oh, you yeah. That's I mean? like not a thing anymore. Yeah, you'd have to have a pretty old EV. So it takes like or it's at 20... the it's at the like low power charging stations. Yeah. Well, if you use like house power, like you know. 120 i think it takes a long time but you yeah. gotta get the, like the the 210 hookup yeah um, exactly and it goes much faster yeah so is it 210 or is it like 400 or something uh it's 220 yeah it's in that range I don't know. yeah it'll charge in like eight hours from zero to full basically uh and then the other one is like you only get seven kilowatts per hour so that's like not that many but at like the electrify America stations. Uh, it takes like 20 minutes to go from 15% to 80%. So, and that's like 250 miles of range. Nice. Dude. Yeah. Start the blitz, the blitz scene at yeah. the electrify America station. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. That's like, cause that's what has always held me back from an electric car is the, you can't go on big road trips with them, but I know mm. that it's been changing. Yeah, the infrastructure is pretty good now. Uh, there's plenty of videos on YouTube of like people driving from, you know, Denver, Colorado to Vegas or something like that, purely electric or going across the country. You can do that. Obviously, it's faster in a combustion engine if you're trying to do it as fast as possible. But if you're doing a 12 hour road trip, the kind of mandatory 15 to 20 minute stops uh, to stretch your legs and that sort of thing and take a bathroom break is probably like not a bad thing. So it'll take you a little bit longer, but like, yeah, if you're not driving out into the middle of the wilderness for extended periods of time and overlanding, then uh, it's a practical option. Nice. That's, I do think Denver easy. to Vegas is kind of cheating though. That's like all downhill. 
<laughs> you have to go over some mountains and stuff. Yeah, Denver is on the other there. side of the Rockies, so you have to go over the Rockies. That, that is true. That's fair. Yeah. Utah is just slightly downhill the entire way, though. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Once you hit Grand Junction, you're fine. You know, yeah. just coast, coasting. Turn it off. Like, you know, you get crazy mileage. It's great. I used to you know, drive that home from Boulder all the time. You're just like, cool. I'm just literally coasting. <laughs> you also have to go back to Denver, also, if that's where you live. So, but, but yeah, road tripping should not be an issue. Haven't done a road trip in it yet, but it's, it's a fucking, it, okay. It's so cool. It's got, it's way more car than I've ever had in terms of like, it has a performance mode and I'm like, you know, it goes from like zero to 60 in like less than four seconds, which is nuts. Yeah. That's great. Torque on the band. It's so cool. And then just like, it's not loud and there's no, one my favorite thing I'm loving right now is there's no like foreplay, which I love foreplay. Okay. But you just like get in the car, turn it on and go. There's no like, Got to wait for it to warm up or, you know, bullshit. You just go. It's great. Highly recommend. You have to wait for a car to warm up? <laughs> no, you don't have to do that anymore. Uh, yeah, I just, we uh, I, we also just got a new car. We got a Honda CRV hybrid. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, almost to that electric life. But it has so, so much shit. Like the keyless thing. Uh the lane assist, it has assistive cruise control where it'll like cruise control and then slow down based on the car in front of you. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, this shit is, dude, this shit is wild. <laughs> my I, my I car never, just goes where I pointed at. <laughs> I never use my brake anymore because electric cars have like regenerative one pedal driving. So it's just like, I don't even brake. It brakes for me. And then like, it also has drive itself mode. I literally Wait, you, go hands only free one pedal. Well, it has a brake, but like oh. it has this, like if you let off the gas, it will it slow starts breaking, it breaking yeah. brakes for you and then sends that mechanical energy into your battery. Um, but for half of my commute to work, I don't drive the car. It drives itself. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's crazy. It's yeah. We had awesome. to sign a waiver <laughs> that said this is not auto driving, but yeah. you know it will do almost that if you let it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. Crazy. Well, congrats. Thanks. That's fun. Same to you. Thanks. It's Jess's car, but I get to drive it when we go places. <laughs> well, we got to make sure we make that distinction. Yeah. Well, it was. It was. Yeah, it's her car. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> shout outs let's go to shout outs all right shout yeah. out to canadian national champ isaac crute just happened oh he did it who just as won. we were podcasting he did it on lexi great work sir horizontal stripe shirt i love it i wear a lot of horizontal like stripes a- also shout out to everybody else who played in canadian nationals and everybody seal. who played on stream because as we know there's a great cost to playing on stream <laughs> nice nice is that like a make yourself look bigger thing what's the horizontal stripes thing horizontal stripes you hone in no, on you just that. look you just look dope dude oh, okay cool so yeah. you blend in with like just out of all television of his, screens that aren't working <laughs> out of all of his play you honed in on that so that's why i was asking 
that minute because yeah. it was uh, precocious of me to mention it. That's why. Mm, nice. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Savage Feet. Hey, that's my shout out on the stream. Was it okay? Yeah, you so didn't put we that just, on there. <laughs> we're, we were just reading off the dog. Isaac, Isaac wants to shout out something next. You Sorry. and Isaac, you can share. I thought you're, I thought you're jumping me on purpose. He's rarely on the show anymore, so he's got to get his things in. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to shout out Savage Feats for their dope stream music. It was good. Great job. Keep it up. It's very like nice. on theme for their, uh, you know, Savage Lands persona. So great job. I would, I would like to shout them out for just the, the good quality of the stream. It's nice to uh, see a national stream that it looks well lit and doesn't have a weird grid over it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's nice to see the players' faces while they're playing. I really like that. The hand cam, I less care about, but I understand the reasoning hand cam's uh, got to be in 4k for it to matter in my opinion yeah <laughs> it's like it's like the you know csi thing it's like enhanced they zoom in yeah. it's just like but it doesn't get any clearer so <laughs> it's just bigger yeah. um, but that's fine it, it they did a great job uh and i i enjoyed the bits that i watched so you know yeah. well done also there was a katsu in the finals so <laughs> great job dude yeah, Katsu's coming Maxim. back, man. Pretty cool. Because you can in... Kadachi, Kadachi, bullshit, bullshit, warmongers. And Sorry. just kill dragons. You stab yeah. a dragon. Yeah, as a dragon. Dromai player, I very much hate Katsu. But... I know. I'm going to bring Katsu just so I can <laughs> beat up Justin and everyone yeah. else who plays Dromai. Beat Kadachi, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a raise. Anyway, uh, let's keep things moving here, although I'm having fun. Promotion of our shit is what I put in the notes. Okay. <laughs> Look, Look, we are an audience-supported podcast, okay? What does that mean? That means that we're basically doing this for 40 ish dollars each a month, and we give you four shows. So what do you need to is, do? You need to go to Patreon and subscribe four dollars a month that's a dollar a show 50 cents an hour of free nearly free entertainment we do have the time snap podcast which is um basically where we talk about everything besides flesh and blood kind of like the beginning of this podcast so if you've been entertained for the last 30 to 40 minutes consider spending four more dollars and subbing on patreon because you get access to that you're also going to get access to our discord where there are just the best people in flesh and blood an elite group of audience members shout out to you all you all know who you are hell yeah next level pun game going on in there always it's uh it's so good it hurts me sometimes (laughs) uh what else do they get? They get an invite to the Attack Action Podcast Hype House. Hype house. Hype house. Okay. Which is right. taking place. It's we have dates. April 4th, have dates. 2024 to April 8th, 2024. Okay. So get your flights now or think about saving funds, location, TBA. All right. It's basically going to be like a bachelor party 
where we just play flesh and blood and other board games and probably i mean if there's a barbecue i will barbecue oh, we're gonna barbecue doing some good cooking we're gonna eat good we're gonna drink good play a bunch of games i'll bring a bunch of sealed product we can draft straight. hell yeah like, we already got some boxes ready just, to go for draft this basically is my bachelor party that i did have four years ago isaac was there he can attest to it etc mm-hmm. jump in lake tahoe nice. naked you know <laughs> whatever get on the roof we, we did zero of those things <laughs> we weren't even in tahoe <laughs> But we could do those things at the hype house, okay? (laughs) We're just basically hanging out with our audience and recreating those times you remember from the callings, the nationals, the worlds, where you're hanging out with the homies at the Airbnb, having a great time, staying up too late, drinking a little bit too much, playing as much fab as you can, because when you get home and put on your white collar and tie and go to your cubicle, you can stomach it a little bit more. Too poetic? Four dollars a month gets you all that. I mean, you have to pay. You have to get your own your own self to the hype house, but we'll send. It, we'll let you know where it is if you get. Totally. And we're going to provide plenty yeah. of sealed product, uh, free of charge. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. We'll bring all the games, and we'll probably have to chip in on food, depending on how many people there are. But we'll figure, we'll it, figure out. it out. I will. I had a dream the other we'll night. One of you lost the case of Monarch First Edition. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be me. I don't know why I was thinking about that. <laughs> I did not. I'm. You have it right. Staring Isaac? at it right now. Is this <laughs> code? Has it? Are you? <laughs> or is this a? No, it's just relevant. Whoops, we lost it. <laughs> if you guys didn't draft enough Monarch, we're gonna. Do the gift. <laughs> All right, that's that's our shit. It, so S- subscribe, thank subscribe, you. Subscribe, etc. It, it's helpful. Tell a friend. That too. All right. Shall we mosey on down to the main Yeehaw, topic, partner? Let's get you on up to the main topic. <laughs> Isaac's dying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll the kick lead, it off. Main topic today. Oh, yeah. If we're going to mosey. Uh, <laughs> we're going to fucking do it right. I didn't realize mosey was so Sorry. like Southern tech. Go ahead, Colin. Uh, main topic today is uh, just kind of taking a little, a little look back and a little look forward. Thinking about where Fab is going and uh, how we're feeling about that. Kind of taking a look at little snapshot of how things are and uh, what what we think is coming next based on what we know and just some blind, you know, <laughs> guessing, you know, just raw, off the dome, uh, unsubstantiated thoughts. <laughs> Except, you know, based on our experience of playing this game for three years and being very tuned into. <laughs> the game, the meta, and the production of uh, everything coming next. So <clears throat> I guess, you know, to look forward, we should figure out where we're at now. So I think, where are we now? Well, so there's a there's a few things to consider um, that Taylor can add in after. No, great job. After me here. But um, I was just going to do a goof. So this is way better. <laughs> 
we've been well we've been in a kind of a, a transitional trend here where we've had supplemental sets um and then we had outsiders which is kind of a more kind of back to the fundamentals really good draft set but not like um game altering really um say that's and a then codex had that that's true that was a that one's pushed i will agree <laughs> but um just in general compared <laughs> to the, compared to previous sets like you know monarch or aria um yeah. and then we moved into a very specific um supplemental set in terms of only providing support for um new chain Leviya, bolton and new prism and now we're moving into a draftable set that only supports uh or mostly supports mechanologist exclusively um so uh based on where we started in the game uh this is quite a bit quite a different format that they're um moving us into here Yeah, totally. I think, uh, I mean, where we're at now, I think one of the things I've noticed and thought about more recently is just the, you know, wild effect that Tales of Aria specifically has had on this game for, you know, the past year plus. And, uh, we're all, we're just we're almost outside of its shadow i think uh briar has hit living legend old him just went out earlier this year and then you know based on lexi's performance in the nationals uh so far uh also winning canadian nationals just moments ago uh she will probably also hit living legend soon so it's it'll be very interesting to see where the game goes when that you know set and the many you know i think we can say there was a lot of power creep in there it wasn't like raw power creep but i think there was like some well there was some raw power creep and there's also just some like mechanical craziness that you know they could do things that no one else can so uh moving on from that i think will be very interesting it's it's hard to know what you know the sets going out after bright lights they keep talking about a savage land set well we'll see it when we believe it um or i guess that, believe it's not how I that works it. <laughs> <laughs> I, well i don't believe it so i can't see it right now um no uh i shout out to dyslexic things <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i mean I think, and then, you know, the expansion draftable set kind of toggling has been a weird situation, but yeah, I don't know. What, Taylor, what do you think about where we're at currently? Well, um, we're definitely at a, I don't know what to call it. It's not so much a turning point, but we're in a shift in the history of flesh and blood so far, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when we first got talented heroes, I thought that was such clever design because like when you have a talented hero, they, 
at the time, you're like, oh, we can really make cool designs because they're in this little box because they can only have, you know, they have this little talent package that you can put in there and the cards previous for the class or whatever, you know what I mean? And I, and I thought that was really clever, but then we've found out that every talented hero we've had has been nearly every talented hero. Uh, shout out shout to, out to Leviah. To Leviah. Yep. And Bolton. Uh, <laughs> that they are very powerful, right? Whether that's, you know, there's some semantics you can argue about that, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that like all of the most powerful heroes we have had in the game have had a talent, right? Starvo, Chain, Prism, Lexi, Briar, you know, have have all been really, really powerful. And so we've kind of gotten away from that since those kind of COVID sets we had basically where those sets had to be designed during some strenuous lockdown and that sort of thing. And instead of kind of pushing heroes with their little packages, we're just like pushing very specific cards is what it is started to feel like is like, okay, we're going to introduce this card and people are going to have to figure out how to play around it. You know what I mean? So, uh, most recently it would be codex of frailty and warmongers diplomacy you know those are the problems the designers are presenting to us to figure out how to play around and how we can you know abuse those cards i don't think it's like oh shit we didn't know warmongers was going to be impactful it's like of course they did you know what i mean <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of Hey, I just like the absurdity of that because I think that is kind of how we, we act yeah. sometimes when we talk yeah. about it. But it is like, do you really think they were surprised? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think, yeah, anyway. Uh, so that's where we are. And that's kind of like the trends I have noticed so far in design. You know? Yeah. So I... The way I'm interpreting it, and this might be partially because it's how I want the game to be, is that with Monarch and Aria, they kind of were pushing the game design-wise, um, kind of at a like at a dangerous pace, right? Like they're introducing pretty broken heroes with broken mechanics, and like kind of with it seemed like they're more invested in expanding the game and design space than keeping it balanced. And I think that they've kind of listened to community input and seen how, you know, the game's been going and how I've interpreted this is they're they've been kind of dialing it back, right? Like um, more recent supplemental sets and sets like, you know, outsiders have been more about, uh, adding to classes and kind of fundamental gameplay. Um, you could argue not with individual cards, but even, even sets like, um, Everfest, you know, just contain cards like the blue auras and revel and miraging metamorph and just like really, really pushed, uh, cards for certain classes. And, um, you know, the, the latest sets I think have been kind of moving away from that. And I think it's going to put the game in a really, really good spot 
but we're still kind of suffering from the uh, continued existence of the, you know, the monarch, the Arya, like those, that period of heroes and design, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they nerfed Briar some, you know, they nerfed old him some, they nerfed Chain, um, all those heroes still dominated and still LL'd. Um, but so as long as they were around, they were still kind of an overbearing presence. But I think if they continue with the same design path, the game is going to kind of even out and will hopefully be um, not that the meta is not healthy now or interesting or broad now, but, you know, um, I think we'll continue to go in that direction, uh, you know, without the existence of like an overbearing presence, like old him or Starbo or something like that. So that's my hope. And that's kind of what I see that they're doing, but we just kind of have to wait for it all to evolve that way. And some of these, you know, cards like old him or Briar or Lexi to move into living legend. You know, some of these, these past couple of metas have been some of my, my least favorites actually, just because they've been so similar, you know what I mean? And like the re rise of Icelander and like the re fall off of that is like not, the excitement I was hoping for. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh Lexi has just been through multiple sets now. One of the best decks. You know what I mean? And which is fine. It's totally cool. I think Lexi's a cool hero. I ain't mad at you, boo. Uh but it's it's been very, very samey through Outsiders and uh Dusk Till Dawn. So that has, for me, the game has felt a little stale because of that. You know what I, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But excuse me. But, and that also, it might be because of, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm loving that Icelander was back around. That was so fun. But in terms of, you know, excitement or problems to solve, it just was like, well, Icelander can beat Lexi, but it, you know. It's a little harder, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not like she's shining. She just is like people forgot about wizard for a second and here, here comes the wizard, you know? Yeah. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I do appreciate that the meta is kind of broad and you can play a lot of different heroes, but I've been struggling with that myself in that I haven't felt like, and this is partly my own fault and maybe lack of time because I could pick up like new prism or something like that and maybe be presented with um, a bit of more, a bit of new gameplay to keep myself occupied. But just in general, I've felt like I haven't been presented with new problems in a very long time, yeah. you know, like new gameplay states to solve new things to tech against and you know not that the game doesn't evolve and there aren't these things but just in general compared to you know past metas even if they've been less balanced or you know how much i hated the chain meta or you know like uh, not that it was perfect back then but um i i do agree with you that i have been struggling with that where it's like i go to play and i'm like you know i'm just not presented with like new new problems for me to work around and solve um and i'm looking forward to that kind of freshness hopefully sometime soon yeah i think taylor had a good point 
or maybe it was you, Isaac. It's been too long. Uh, I've been sitting here listening. Uh, one of you, God both us. of you said several things uh, that I, I liked and agreed with. One was that it it does feel like that they did. Yeah, Isaac, you did say this, that they did listen and they have kind of responded and not, you know, pushed new heroes as hard and as powerful as we saw in Monarch and Tales of Aria. Um, although I guess, I mean, you could argue that, Fi- well, I guess Icelander came out later. So that's a weird one, but you know, and then Fi was nerfed. So it's like, it, it does seem that talented heroes are just kind of OP as it is uh, when you have untalented heroes. I think they just have more mechanical and, you know, card pool advantage being able to draw from yeah you know three or more uh card pools to build decks with which one i think is very cool that is the game that they have said that that was what they designed and then they backed it up to introduce them core mechanics a little bit uh more piecemeal um which just unfortunately had the effect of creating really beloved heroes that are then you know just fundamentally lower power than all the new heroes um and then you know as we saw in outsiders we kind of went back to those basics uh but i also think you know taylor is a good point that rather than pushing heroes we're pushing individual cards those are the new things that you know are the questions to answer in the meta and i do think that is very interesting it's just hard when those cards are also very good in the heroes that are also already a little mm-hmm. bit overpowered so it it makes things tricky uh yeah looking at living legends the only characters who have living legends are talented heroes uh and the closest one down on the list is dash and that's you know they're currently fourth <laughs> but that's behind hundreds you know, of points <laughs> the four the four other uh yeah i mean it's a, at 646 so just over halfway to living legends so uh, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's interesting to see how that has affected it. I know that the, you know, certain tales was, you know, reportedly, uh, dev during primarily during like a lockdown. Um, you know, so there has been issues with, uh, the balance of these, you know, sets and both internally to the set itself and within the larger meta. Um, so yeah, I mean, as these heroes kind of, hit retirement and you know there's another new format for them to play around in it'll be interesting to see what they introduce you know beyond that and i one thing i always i thought and i was excited for was like we have shadow we have light when are we gonna get other classes in these yeah. Yeah. talents like do we have to go through every set and every iteration of talents before we start adding new stuff there like it just seems very you know, it's very, a long, you know, cool plan, but, you know, watching it play out is just like, well, I did like that, you know, playing new prism. I'm like, you know, this was fun. I did like light cards and I did like, you know, the interesting things I could do with soul, um, and those mechanics. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what we do and and getting a full mechanologist set does not answer any (laughs) of those questions at all, uh, which is very funny. Um, but is exciting in its own right, and but also doesn't answer the question of whether or not mechanologist is a talent in itself or <laughs> if it's a class and a talent. Um, but yeah, I think you know 
the you know i think kind of moving the discussion forward um it is interesting uh with like the the release schedule which i was under the impression it was like it was three sets a year and it seems now we're at four sets a year we're alternating too many draft draftable sets it's a lot um which is another reason why colin don't buy boxes uh (laughs) and by colin i also mean you know anybody else who buys boxes and has too many cards that aren't good um it but expansions i don't know expansions that seem exciting I was excited for, you know, Dust to Dawn, but it has it's not impacting, you know, as much as I would hope. And I guess you don't want it to like immediately run rampant, but it just seems like I don't know. The if the expansion set isn't actually doing much, <laughs> then why not we just have like draftable sets? Um, you know, I think in this expansion slot in Bright Lights seems like a good mm-hmm. way of continuously feeding new cards to other classes, but it's also just like, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing because I think expansion includes a lot of like interesting ideas and we did get things like Assassin and Arachne um, and Icelander in expansions. So like there is some interesting ideas in there but it it does feel like for most people it is kind of just like you know i don't know like an offset it's yeah like, okay well <clears throat> i don't really need anything from this and you know it it the impact of the cards in the expansion sets seem very on a, on a spectrum of how much impact they have it's a very large spectrum um to just like basically useless or like you know maybe it will be good in the future uh cards to like you know totally meta warping <laughs> influence mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like do, that do you guys think that this is just something that came up as you were talking colin that you inspired me and now i have a question for you both do you think Uprising was maybe the most successful set in terms of its influence on Classic Constructed. Because we instantly had like Phi, major player. Dromai, despite the numbers, major player in every meta moving forward. Icelander, major player in the format right away. Well, not right away, but like halfway through its life cycle. What do you guys think about that? Um, I get your point and I agree with you, but saying it's the most is like, okay, so Monarch came out and chain was just like, absolutely broke. Like it was only chain, you know, and then Aria came out and I would argue that, I mean, Briar had her day and Lexi had her day, but old him has been maybe the most influential hero in the history of the game just over a long, long time period. So I think that there's a number of sets that have had like that degree of impact. I guess we would Um, have to define our terms, I suppose, a little bit too. mm. Yeah, those are good points. Sorry, continue. Oh, that's just my take. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that that feels like, you know, an extension of the same kind of power level that we saw in entails and monarch you know having these talents 
um, you know, they did introduce as the draftable set, they introduced the three hero and the overlapping uh, talents for two of them and one on its own. So like all of that was very interesting, um, you know, how they, you know, and another point of like them introducing new kind of draft formats, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, all those heroes are very, are very powerful. Uh, Phi has been nerfed, um, and maybe even too much, <laughs> you know, to be honest, comparatively, like it's like Lexi runs wild doing this shit with crazy hit effects and Phi was just mostly, you know, raw damage. So it is, it is interesting to see how that's played out and where, you know, the, the team in charge of kind of manipulating the Minetta, the Minetta, the <laughs> meta, um, and kind of, you know, watching out for what might be too powerful and what isn't. It's very unclear how, how they feel about these things. Cause sometimes it's just like, they're like, yep, it's really powerful. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then other times you're like, yeah, this, this one's too powerful. Yeah. So we're going to take it down. Um, so it, it is interesting and I don't, I don't envy them the position of trying to tune what essentially is a chaotic system. Yeah. Like, you know, once you take one thing out, like yeah. it's going to have so too many, many factors. Effects. So, you know, that, that is part of it. And I do think they try to have a light touch. Um, and you know, they, they also are just going to let things run and, you know, there will be times when things are are more powerful but yeah i mean it, like dromai has had a huge impact on it on the meta for long term you know you have to be prepared for that meta yeah or you know that matchup yep. because if you can't deal with dragons like you're gonna get eaten and there's enough people now that have have really learned to play her um and it's not exactly like a a solved deck because there are variations of it which i do think is one of the you know mm-hmm. I think that's very cool and a good sign that it's not everyone just, you know, filtering to one version of the deck. Um, but yeah, it it is, it's, it's a, since then we haven't had as much of that. Although, you know, you could also argue that in outsiders, they just like pumped Lexi into the yeah. max, like, because like all of those cards are playable. They're all free. They all have hit effects, you know, and it's just, wild times playing against Lex yeah. now. Um it felt like, you know, it was supposed to give Azalea that push and it kind of did for a second. And then people were just like, oh well I can just you just block when I can and I don't when I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know. Yeah, what if I could send yeah. those good arrows Azalea has multiple of those a turn? <laughs> Wouldn't that be challenging? Yeah. Printing warmongers was a real punch in the dick to Azalea. Like, what the hell? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Only shown bright for a second. Well, before you get to that, Isaac, I wanted to make a a mention um, uh, for something Colin said and you said about the number of sets per year. Um, I do agree with more draftable sets for sure. I love that, uh, but it definitely is going to change uh, the way I buy product because uh, here in the United States, my p- 
paycheck increases do not uh, reflect the number of sets that come out a year for flesh and blood. So <laughs> I'll have to get to my union to get that adjusted. Um, so I have to uh, change up how I'm going to be spending my money. If there's going to be four sets a year for sure. Um, <clears throat> but that being said, I think that is fine. You know, it just means I won't be buying as much sealed product. I'll be buying per my need, which is, Maybe how I should have been doing it all along. Okay, that's it. That's my last thing. I'm done on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, Goodbye. I've been doing that for a long time now. I'm just buying the cards I need because I specialize so much. But um, just to me, for I know it's a tough balance. Like four sets just seems like seems like a lot to keep up with, or not enough time to delve into each set. But maybe it is appropriate if like one set is just supporting like. Leviathan prism and one is just supporting mech or you know then it's like four sets a year is fine i guess because if you're yeah. not interested in those heroes you can just ignore you know certain sets um something you said colin about the devs balancing it's like just got me thinking because it, it's just so hard it's so hard to keep everyone happy right because everybody kind of wants different things like some people love to play fatigue and just want to fatigue their opponent and that's the game they want to play you know and some people hate that and don't want it in the game you know and it's like that can be said for literally every play style and everything you can do in the game across the board like for me personally i really like where it's at right now where i think phi is not very um it's not a very interesting game to play i very much prefer for decks like katsu and lexi to be the aggro decks of the format even if lexi is maybe a bit pushed but i find games against katsu or lexi a lot more interactive and a lot more interesting whereas mm. games against phi is like less disruptible and it's kind of just like if they have a big turn or not and it on the other side it just doesn't feel like a very interesting chess match so you know and i'm sure other players feel differently right where they're like Lexi is the worst thing in the world and they just want to play five with art of war and belittle and play all their cards out and do 43 damage. You know, why won't, won't you let me do that? So yeah, I agree with you. I don't envy them trying to balance it and keep everybody happy, but they are doing a very good job. And yes. maybe, maybe to my point before, like props to them because you could, you could fall into the trap of just trying to produce more and more powerful things and more and more exciting things and more shiny cards and more like chase cards and silver bullets and all these things that players would need for the meta and would, you know, be excited about and chase down. And it would be very good marketing and like probably a good recipe for a game until you like sell out or just cancel it. Right. So the approach mm -hmm. they're taking, I think is a much healthier one for the game. And yeah you know, maybe the more risky one, I'm not sure, but maybe the better one for the longevity of it as well. I think mm -hmm. the game too has been, albeit, uh, you know, as I stated earlier, I've been a little um, lukewarm on the metas, but they have been very balanced in terms of the game's history and any sort of touch-ups they've had to do to the meta and decks. I have, you know, most 
like 99% agreed with and thought they were really good and did have their intended effect. And so they're, they're doing a great job that way. As like Isaac, like just said with a light hand, you know, kind of just touching up the edges of the meta and that sort of thing. So that has been super awesome, I think. Um, and we talked about Lexi quite a bit here and she's pretty close to living legend and old him is gone. So then like, what does the game look like then if Lexi's gone and sub question, do we need a premier control deck to stop aggro decks? I feel like that's everybody's fear is that aggro is going to run wild. Now that old him's gone. Aggro is going to run wild now that fatigue Briar's gone, you know, etc. So answer both of those large questions. Colin, let's start with you. <laughs> ah, damn it. <laughs> I mean, I think it is one of the core play styles. So like, I think they will inevitably introduce something else. And <clears throat> I think really the question is, do they introduce it through a new kind of channel or do we just get a replacement old him? You know, that's, we just saw, you know, Prism come back as herself, <laughs> but changed uh, veteran Prism. And then we have Vincent to replace Chain in the Shadow Runeblade. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if we get Ice Guardian or is it ice guardian is it earth guardian is it is it going to be a mix again because that seemed very like specific to like the storyline of of tales that these heroes were both because of that setting older so be curious him. to see older <laughs> exactly older could him. be young him could be from a different older his... old her it's old her it's old him's wife yeah partner uh, who and, finally woke up <laughs> yeah she finally woke up and is mad that he's retired now so she's gonna pick up his hammer and and just wail oh yeah people. let's um, go you know i i i don't know what they'll do if based on what they've done it seems like they will print replacement heroes that can play those cards um whether it's earth uh ice uh or I guess, you know, it's just Elemental Guardian. So we'll have Elemental Guardians. They have the fusion on them. So I guess they they kind of thought about it. I mean, of course they thought about it, but they planned for that so that we can have those cards work for other versions of this. So I, I, I mean, but I would prefer, honestly, to have just like somebody else take that, you know, whatever, like... I can't think of the word. Sorry, archetype um, champion that cause. Yeah, that exactly. Role. Yeah, the yeah to fill the role of like control. It would be interesting, can, like if we when we get this Savage Lands deck, if we had like a brute that was like more of a control brute and less of a you know roll dice and randomly discard things um, kind of brood or like, you know, maybe it's a guardian that is a savage lands kind of guardian that has like a different play style and flavor or Vincent maybe is like more of a control deck. If you, if you finally figure it out, I think, so I, I mean, I, I think they need, it needs to be there because that is a big thing that people do like to play that it does kind of self balance 
the whole game. If everybody's just aggro, then, you know, there's not much to do other than calculate who can do the most damage the fastest. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. And I am, my guess is that they'll introduce something else that throws a, you know, a stick in the, in the spokes to, of, of what, of what aggro is and how people have to think about approaching the game. That's right in the spokes. Um, I think you know when you do it to yourself just to see if it works. <laughs> She's, well, I actually, I think that Uzuri fills that role really well. Um, assuming that they mm. support her well enough and, you know, give her the card she needs to stay relevant, but it is a very disruptive deck. It is good into even a deck like Lexi that is super powerful. Uzuri is like quite good into. And to me, Uzuri is a, it's like a good control fatigue deck that is not overpowered. It has its own weaknesses, which I like, right? Like you could argue some of the problem with old him was that, well, you can just do 10 dominate when you get to keep your cards or, winter's whale and crown of seeds and the hero power is just like too much or you know but um i think that so far uzuri is a very cool hero who has um you know filled that role fairly well i will say as a player who has come around like i started out playing azalea then i played lexi and um i've kind of like just skipping over Leviah and dromai Right. People are going to be no. mad at you. Dromai's coming up. You're the hero uh, um, of our podcast. So, <laughs> I don't, hey, thanks. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and, um, and Leviah in an aggressive um, build. I've always liked games where I'm dueling with my opponent and I interact and we make exchanges and you like outmaneuver them and win that way. I have no interest in fatiguing my opponent or just blocking and swinging a club for 55 minutes. But since I have picked up Dromai in kind of stark contrast to those other decks, I do really understand the appeal of playing like a resilient deck, right? Because like when I'm looking at a tournament or whatever, I'm like, I love playing Azalea. I really love that deck. And then you're like, oh, but Warmonger exists. You can just like lose the game on the spot, right? Or you can just like draw a bad hand and then you get like dominate crippling and you lose the game on the spot, you know, and playing a a deck that's actually resilient and actually has a little bit of armor allows you to not just die on the spot when, you know, a little bit of variance happens because Mm -hmm. there is a lot of RNG in this game. And I've just really appreciated like Dromai allows me to make calculations on values and get incremental advantage against my opponents and, interact with them and play the game I love while not just losing to like one bad hand. And Mm -hmm. I, uh, well, there's a lot of parts of fatigue that I don't appreciate, you know, like I said, just the, the monotony of it or the fatigue aspect or whatever. I've definitely grown to appreciate like why a lot of, uh, really good players like gravitate to old him or decks like that, because you, you take some of the variance out of the game and it's less frustrating when you have more agency over um, the game you play. So uh, I think that control-esque decks or more defensive decks definitely have their place and their role and I can see why they're enjoyable for sure. Yeah, Um, Mm. You just, it gets gets too boring if they're too good. (laughs) You know? um, Yeah, I think they're definitely healthy. 
I think your point about Azuri be fitting into that sort of role, I mean, trying to be as objective as I can here as a person who likes the assassin class, um, <clears throat> as a person or as a hero that is disruptive rather than, well, I'm just going to block all of your stuff and just swing my weapon, right? Is I think, you know, kind of what you're getting at is a more exciting way to kind of be that third deck in the triangle that, you know, is trying to take uh, decks that are unwilling to block or just want to vomit damage onto the the board, um, trying to take them down a peg. That's the type of design I think is, and it could be a personal preference, you know, but I find that way more engaging and smart and uh, clever design to fill that niche rather than, you know, crown, rampart, block with cards, save a blue, swing hammer, you know, that sort of thing, that type of um gameplay loop you know i'd rather you know and you could say it's just as boring like i'm gonna throw a stealth card in front of you i have something that's gonna disrupt you are gonna give me two cards or not you know you could say it's similar you know but i think there's a bit more nuance or not nuance but interaction between the two people at the table uh that is present in those types of matches you know, kind of like Lex, like Ice Lexi, like pure Ice Lexi kind of was in that vein as well. Shout out to Isaac uh, at Nationals, Isaac Jessen. Um, Thanks, bro. Yeah, totally. Even Icelander fits, <laughs> I think, that role as well, right? That is kind of this semi-control, semi-disruptive deck that can kind of prey on decks trying to get too fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah, too fragile. Yeah. Make him pay. Yeah. I like the uh, idea that control as a deck is also acknowledging that they want to control their own game more Mm. and not just, you know, the whole game state Mm -hmm. by having a more uh, consistent deck that just kind of does its thing. Um, I think that's an interesting idea i had not thought about so shout out to the other control freaks out there (laughs) (laughs) all right so one one thing that i i had a question sure i maybe have an answer was there's like with each draftable set we've gotten in the past couple years it seems like they're switching up the script every single time and on one hand i think that's very interesting and on the other hand i wonder if that's like more of a gimmick and you know i don't know i'm just is it sustainable like it is it yeah is it sustainable is it really like like is it distracting from like what happens after the draftable set is everyone's done drafting it. Like, and you know, we just have these cards that, that live on forever. Um, Riptide. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, you know, I could even <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I could even like go 
like i mean i could i don't know i don't want to like cast aspersions or like you know speak for lss but it's like almost as if like you know it's like you got to dress up your thing to make it more appealing it's like well do you not believe in what the thing is at its core mm. because you have to like always put this like spin on it and i know you've you've got to introduce like new mechanics and new ideas with these sets um, but to do all of that and then also kind of flip like how draft works you know and like what you're drafting and the balance of drafting you yeah. know like i don't know and, and and maybe they're just like figuring out what is the best but i i just thought that i just kind of noticed that this is how it is and i'm curious what you guys thought about that yeah that's a really good point because mm-hmm. like for me personally i thought uprising was like quite a bad draft experience and not that everybody has to agree with me or anything but just uh and it felt like they were exploring the different ways that they could make draft right like that set was a little more on the rails and um had a starker contrast between the heroes rather than a more synergistic draft or more open right they were they were creating a a more linear draft set maybe to explore how that goes over or how it plays out and i thought it was like pretty awful but you know to your point they're exploring different ways they can make drafts and you know maybe they come out with really good ones like i really liked aria and outsiders and then really bad ones also and uprising and i guess i appreciate that they're exploring to find the really the stuff that works and the really good sets and the really enjoyable stuff but maybe at the price of uh having some dead sometimes so mm. i don't we'll see how that goes for them or how it you know works out or if it is really sustainable all right go ahead taylor uh i i think you basically said in so many words what i was kind kind of going to say like i do not mind them switching up how draft works all of the time i do not think flesh and blood as a game as a draftable game has been solved in terms of most interesting most uh fun way to do it you know pivoting late blah blah blah. you know getting all of those like tasty tidbits that are in a draftable set or in just in draft in general like being able to pivot being able to be really creative with your deck building on the fly being able to send signals receive signals um you know all of those things just hasn't been solved and so they're testing it out and in terms of like probably getting to work on the product it has got to be way more fun when your boss is like hey remember that thing you did don't do it again because i want you to be creative and push the envelope in certain ways than we did previous Mm -hmm. right so if i was the person designing that sort of stuff i'd be like hell yeah my job is interesting not just like we're going four heroes they have no talent do the card pool okay yeah. print do it again six heroes three classes <laughs> hybrid cards yeah i i mean i didn't mean yeah I, I think when i was thinking about this i didn't you know analyze it too deeply i was just kind of noticing that this is I, each time it's a different thing but it, it has been very interesting and i do think it is cool that they do that i I wonder 
you know, when we get five plus 10 years down the line, like, will we look back and be like, you know, oh, I miss this kind of thing. And we'll like, how long do they keep changing it? And when do we find a thing that like we feel is really good or is it always just going to change? You know, I don't know. I I don't have an answer. I was just kind of thinking about. I think uh, it's a good question, right? Is because we have had some draftable sets that are more successful than others based upon public opinion. You know what I mean? And why not just continue to do that if we know it's good? You know what I mean? That's a totally valid question. And I think, you know, somewhere in between uh, keeping it fun for the players versus exciting so people buy it versus make it more interesting to work on, you know, it's, it's probably an amalgamation of all of those things and your personal brand as a company, you know, like our fucking draftable sets are way different. You know what I mean? And I'm sure they're trying to work on stuff like, hey, if you combine these two sets, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that makes a draftable set or shit like that. You know, like mm-hmm. the the sky's got to be the limit for them. So personally, I'm, I love it. Keep doing all kinds of crazy shit. You know what I mean? Except for what Star Wars Destiny did, which was like, here, buy this separate product so you can now draft the normal product we make. Don't do that. Got to buy a draft kit to draft. Yeah. Also, don't can the game just to make a another same Star Wars game <laughs> from the same like you know. If we're taking notes from that, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think LSS is gonna can their one and only game <laughs> to to make it again. Later. That would be Seems crazy like design, idea. though. Yeah. What if we just restart? Nice. All right. Um, what else are we thinking about? Well, so we've talked a lot about the past and current stuff. You know, what are we kind of looking forward to? That's what I would kind of wonder. I don't have a ton of thoughts in this realm. I am very much looking forward to bright lights and the exploration of crack shuffle play, which we got to come up with a better name for that, you know, like turbo sealed or something would be great. Maybe somebody's already used that, Love that you know, yeah. or like, you know, I don't know, boost sealed. I don't know. Anyway, I'm very mm-hmm. excited for that, right? That little extra nugget of, of play space that they have created. So yeah, that's what about you guys? I have always thought that I've always been the most afraid of the design space of mechanologist. So I'm hoping they really nailed this set, right? Because in in the past, like Dash is the only hero that makes like a an uninteractive board state, right? I mean, even Prism, you could like spend an action point to get rid of an aura, which was an obscenely expensive and made for an unfun game state. But, you know, Dash just makes items that you can not interact with and get slowly more powerful. So in terms of upgrading mechanologists, and giving her more cards and making multiple mechanologists, I always thought that that was kind of the most dangerous 
um, in terms of design space. Cause if they get it wrong, then it's just like an inevitable uninteractive build. And then Iron Man smashes your face, you know? <laughs> so I am looking forward to playing limited with this set. I think it will be quite fun or it looks quite fun, even if I'm not into the flavor and um, I'm really hoping they got the classic constructed portion, right? Um, as far as just the general future, um, I just, I think it's, I think they're on a, the right track. I think it's a good pace having pretty specialized sets um, to me seems a little bit risky from like a marketing standpoint. Like I will not be buying any bright lights product except to draft because I'm uninterested in mech, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But just um, bringing up what I discussed earlier about how I think that they're trying to like even the game out a little bit and make it a little more balanced and, uh, you know, more playable for multiple heroes instead of like more cracked and more exciting, um, I think is the right path. And I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing that play out in when they get to where they're trying to take it to. So, uh, yeah, as far as the future guy, you know, I think it's, I think they're on the right path. Um, I'm looking forward to the next exciting thing for me to delve into mm. and, uh, explore. How about you, Colin? Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, especially, you know, Taylor, you talked about the, you know, turbo boost draft or boost sealed. I think, uh, that's a great idea to replicate it. It seems like you need a single class set every time. Yeah. So will, will we get that again? Will we get it the next set? Will it be every four set? You know, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting, um, especially cause it is like a, Hey, new people just, you know, this is how you can easily jump in and play this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if that's not readily available as product, um, you know, is it just like a year? I don't know. It's like, how often will that be a thing? I'm curious. I don't know. We'll have to see how, how good of a format it is. Um, I think, you know, where we're going, I agree. I think it does, it does feel good. I was very excited. Like I said, about dust till dawn. I love seeing, you know, Leviah get a little boost, um, and Bolton, try to get like a little bit, a little bit of tiny boost, but didn't really happen. But it seemed like both those things didn't really affect much. And it seems more that new prism and Vincent actually are still just stronger classes in general. Um, or at least maybe will be prism is probably harder, but it, it does seem like it has something going for it. I've played it a little bit and it's definitely can do some crazy stuff. Um, in certain matchups, for sure, you just lose against Dromai, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's uh, uh, that's the that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, I I am excited to get back to talents. You know, I thought talents were such an interesting idea. I'm hoping we get like a return, a, a you know, return to talents draftable set. Um, whether that's elemental or draconic or you know but like going back to one that we've already seen um it seems like with dust till dawn we're not going to get one for light and shadow anytime soon because they just released a bunch of new cards for them um but i'm, I'm curious if they're afraid of talents um 
or they're just really trying to be very careful about how they do it. Um, but I, I don't know. I thought it was such like a mind blowing thing when they, you know, we were all there monarch being spoiled. We were just like, Insane. Holy crap. You know, we literally just lost our minds <laughs> when they introduced light and shadow. Um, and I think there's so much cool things you can do by expanding the mechanics of the game in those ways and like tying it to the the card pool and um all that granted it is more complicated it rooms it leaves a lot of room for uh power creep but it's very exciting and fun so i'm hoping that we can figure that out i'm hoping you know we get we continue to get new classes you know like assassin was like the first new class we've gotten in a while um so I think uh, that will be fun to see uh, in upcoming, hopefully, draftable sets. I think doing it in the expansion set was a little weird, especially following it with the draftable set, but with Assassin Hero that really didn't overlap yep. too much. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just I hope we we get some of that and I hope we get to delve, you know, the Savage Land set would be my favorite thing. I'm, I'm hoping we get like a shaman wizard. Mine too. Oh, you're really yeah. selling me on it. <laughs> All he said was savage <laughs> land set <laughs> and shaman wizard. Shaman wizard. Let's go. And maybe a druid class. I don't know. Um, fuck yeah. But yeah, I, oh, I think, fuck yeah. you know, as long, as long as we don't just keep getting like a new unstoppable aggro hero or a immovable control hero, that are just always the ones bashing their heads against each (laughs) other. And we have a little bit more room for like people to flex in between there. I think uh, that would be my preference. I understand that's a moving target and probably, you know, you can't just, you can shoot for it, but (laughs) whether or not you hit it, it takes time and uh, a population of people, playing games and deciding to play the game in a specific way for those conditions to arise i think totally i i love all the points you all have made and now after hearing them i mean i just want my favorite thing for the game is more classes more uh more heroes in new classes you know it just would be like what's a shadow ninja look like you know what yeah. I mean? Like, whoa, that's got to be the coolest thing. What what does yeah. a uh, light guardian or wizard or uh, whatever what are the ranger look like? You know what I mean? Like playing with those sort of things. And then like new classes. I love new classes. I love new equipment and new weapons. Just like all the cool shit that makes this game unique. Let's do more of that. But... So with four sets a year, hopefully we get that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, the exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like what if this third hero in Mechanologist is a dual class hero? If it's like warrior mech or something. You know what I mean? Hates it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> I don't either, but we just don't know. And so Schrodinger's just cat. <laughs> So you open that product, it is a warrior mech. (laughs) Yeah. It's either a dead cat or Gwyneth Paltrow's head. We all know that. (laughs) 
in every box. <laughs> anyway, I would also like to say I still love Flesh and Blood very much, and I just played it recently for a huge portion of the day this weekend, just fucking playing whatever. Meta be damned, and results be damned, and I had a blast. What a great game. Nice. You know what I really want? And this is totally outside of LSS. I want like a ranked mode in, on Talishar so I can play with people in my skill level hmm. so that I can have like a more fun time and not either get completely destroyed or destroy somebody <laughs> that is like new. Like, I know that's a hard thing to do and it wouldn't No, I don't know if it really makes sense or, but been doing that on like street fighter and it's just like i mean sometimes i i, I still just get smoked by people who are, who are at my level but you know it feels a little bit better and i think it would be fun to see um it actually probably would create like an interesting community around that more specifically because right now it just feels like it's kind of this anonymous zone where you go and you play and you test stuff but no one's like really like public about it too much i don't think so that's something I was thinking about, but it's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. Yeah, I think ranked play would be great because everybody wants to play somebody near their level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm not the best. I don't need to play the best players. <laughs> it's not going to make me better to play them right now. Well, with that, should we transition away from our main topic and go somewhere else? like listener questions how does that sound let's do it take us there taylor okay i will baby take it down to the listener questions <laughs> okay so this question comes from aj thank you so much for submitting your question uh if it's up aj if you would like to get your question on the attack action podcast take out your phone because we just got done with a lot of topic and things to talk about Record a voice memo and then send it to the attack action podcast at gmail.com and we will play it live on the air like we are doing right now with AJ. What's up, Attactioneers? Quick question. You guys spoke about how the Guardian quote unquote approach to Fab with the latest Fatigue Briar matchup in Charles Dunn's list appears to be a reliable way to play the game. Uh, how do you guys feel about Vincent potentially filling that role as more of a I can block well, cheat on my resources, and send relevant attacks um, as needed to get their on hits or whatever um, as sort of a a longer, more controlly style room blade versus what we've seen in the past? Okay. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for your question. Great question. Great question. And topical to today's episode potentially true thoughts yeah i mean i i think that idea has some legs to it the rune blade has access to great blocking equipment they have a armory of different weapons and probably vincent's like you know the the flail might not be the best one for that since it you know actively hurts you but it could still be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, ha I mean, I think what we talked about in the episode was like having a weapon and being able to block well and having good armor 
like the cheating on your resources part makes that even better and the disruption from some of those new shadow room play cards also doesn't hurt so yeah uh yeah i love this idea i don't know if um you know how viable it is but like colin said you do have great weapons right you could run dread scythe or something like that or you chip damage and demand cards out of their deck you have access to two different class defense reactions in addition to all the generic ones and a pile of armor so you block really really well so uh with great blocking um good weapon and the ability to bank resources in the form of rune chance for when you can you know for picking your windows i think that all of those components are a really good recipe for this style of deck so uh good luck (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like fun. Uh, as the <clears throat> resident runeblade slash shadow runeblade player here, I'm going to weigh in with an authoritative take that cannot be fucked with because I said so. <laughs> uh, it's possible. The hurdle you have to get over, though, is that like you can't save a card to swing your weapon after you block with three. You know? Because it'll just get discarded. And so if you leak a little damage by playing three or blocking with three cards and then banishing your fourth card and you don't have enough rune chance to then play it, you will leak a bit. You leak damage quite a bit faster than other heroes who have filled this role. So it won't be, I think, the traditional, like we talked about earlier, old him, crown, shield, block, block, hammer type but the fact that you do get access to a big attack at a discount with rune chance means that some of your as the arsenal pass podcast likes to say evasion comes from uh the split damage of some of your attacks but you know husk is a huge card and like colin said you have Mm -hmm. a lot of armor and that sort of thing and there are quite a bit uh there's some block for three non-attack actions as well, but you don't even really need that many non-attack actions in Vincent. So it's very, very possible. I think it's a really underexplored deck. And where I landed at the end of my Vincent run was in a Gotal Vincent deck that started to feel a little bit better than trying to get to my weapon each turn. Felt less fragile and was like pretty sick when you come in for 12 off of one card you banished <laughs> it's all it's like pretty disruptive too. like if you can save two cards and then attack with a six attack and a rune chant and then if either of those deals damage your opponent is disrupted is like i'll just say from the other side of that very annoying yeah i mean widespread ruin is just banish a card off the top which is middling uh widespread destruction is from your arsenal which is pretty good uh but a Mm. lot of times they'll play like a defense reaction maybe it's pretty good against ranger for obvious reasons and then widespread Mm. ruin is the best one obviously because you just strip a card from their hand but if somebody's willing to just block these attacks uh it's hard to deal damage so you know anyway you actually can block with four cards if you use the flail because you just 
use your health as a resource. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, <laughs> and are they going to block one every turns time? later. <laughs> if you're like against a class that has a lot of armor, yeah, they just are like, I would love to block this with a piece of armor and for you to lose one health that's and true. for me to lose no cards from hand. <laughs> so, yeah. I like the idea though. I think, I think there's something there. It might not be true guardian. It might not have the same value, but I think, you know, Vincent definitely has some interesting uh, potential. There. Totally. Oh, wait, do you guys, Oh, 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 do you guys smell that? Oh, I, that smells like a, uh, a different type of flavor we haven't had in a while. That's right. We're into our favorite quiz show segment. What flavor is it? It's like, how did you spell that? I <laughs> I could tell by the look on your face when you kind of squinted one eye. Okay. Welcome to what flavor is it? This is a quiz show based on flavor text in the game. Flesh and blood. No. So how this particular one is going to work, it's going to be all from the set Dusk Till Dawn. I have eight questions here. You each will get a chance to answer each question. Please have either your cell phone out or a piece of paper because you will answer them simultaneously and then we will reveal your answers one at a time. Are you confused on these rules at all? This obviously would be best uh, if you had a whiteboard. That would make it the easiest. You know. I, I, I think I know it. Do I have to know the name of the card? <laughs> Potentially. Or is it multiple choice? Uh, it's multiple choice. So all you got to do is just make sure you put down your answer. Got a pat. Perfect. I'm ready. Isaac, are you ready? No. <laughs> Don't do it in our show notes because I'm looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. What flavor is it? Number one, which of the following quotes is not from Prism? Okay, which one is not Prism? Is it A, hold fast onto hope for hope? Is life's vessel. B. Windstorm of whisper, nightmare of scripture, stories strengthen us all. Or C. Light, shadow, feature of fancy knowledge lays bare the fallacies. So, is it A, B, or C? That is not prism. Bonus points if you know what card these are. I'll give you a few seconds to think about it as I talk here in the microphone so there isn't silence as you both think. We know what all three cards are? Well, just bonus points. Hmm. I do not know, but I have my answer ready. I have my answer ready. Okay. Colin, what is your answer? It's A. Okay. Hmm. That is correct. But dink, Ooh. one point for Colin. Isaac, what was your guess? I guess I also guessed. No, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one point for Colin. That is uh, Bolton from Figment of Protection. A, hold fast onto it's, hope, for hope yeah. is life's vessel. That sounds like a Bolton thing. <laughs> 
the other he's got to hold on to hope because everything else is kind of grabby the other two cards are b was figment of tenacity and c was figment of erudition both mm. prism quotes okay collins in the lead one to nil on to question two are you ready yes ready. which of the following quotes did bolton say is it a it is our passion for peace that drives us into the horrors of war. B. Fascist. <laughs> we should stand in exaltation upon foundations laid in faith. Or C. Fear is bred in the shadow. Bravery is born of the light. So which one did Bolton say? Was it A, B, or C? Bonus points if we can name the card, which I didn't give you a chance to name last time, but I will give you a chance this time. When your answers are prepared, just give me a special look or raise your hand. Okay, their answers are prepared. They had a special look and raised their hand. Isaac, (laughs) what is your answer? The answer is A, and it's off of Lumina Ascension. Lumina Ascension is not in the set Dusk to Dawn, so false. You're incorrect. Wait, I don't get... Was it It was a? not A. Oh, okay. Because okay. Lumina Ascension is not into Dusk to Dawn. No, those are separate answers. I was guessing which one it was, and then I was going for bonus points. Gotcha. Okay, so if you not know how the game works... <laughs> yep. Do you know which set we're talking about in this game? <laughs> Colin, just not a. not a. Is that what you chose? All right. Well, I I said a, and I said it was warmongers, but warmongers diplomacy. No, both answers are incorrect. It is C. Fear is bred in the shadow. Bravery is born in the light. Bolton banneret of courage. Those are all bannerets. A was banneret of vigor, and B was banneret of salvation. The first magister is who said that. I'm so out of my depth. (laughs) There's not enough room on warmongers. No, there is not. (laughs) Okay. Still Collins lead to lose here. If he can't get this one right, maybe Isaac will come back. Question number three. There are 23 light action cards in the set Dusk Till Dawn. How many of those have flavor text? Is it A, one? B, three, C, ten, or D, six. Make we're just saying light only, not like light light. action cards. So not light equipment, not light warrior, light action cards. Please have your answers prepared and give me the signal. Colin is ready. Isaac is ready. Okay, Colin. What is your answer? Just C. <laughs> ten. Ten. That is incorrect. Isaac. I guessed B three. That is correct. Do you Woo! know which cards they are? Yes. Please. Banneret of swords, <laughs> banneret of armor, and banneret of faith. Close. It is break. Of dawn, red, yellow, and blue all have the flavor text 
each and every soldier a ray of light that completes the dawn. Magister of defense. We're all tied up, folks. Fucking hell of a race right now. The tension is palpable. Colin is miming, gouging Isaac's eyes out. Isaac is brandishing cutlery. It's insane. If only you could see it. Okay, question number four. As this heats up. Weeping uncontrollably. (laughs) There are 25 Shadow Brute action cards in the set Dusk Till Dawn. How many of those cards have flavor text? Is it A, 2, B, 3, C, 10, or D, 4? I will give you a moment to compose yourself. Stop sweating. Dab the sweat off of your brow. And then give me the very special signal that you're ready. They are ready, everybody. Isaac, what is your answer? D, 4. That is incorrect. Colin. I also said D. Ah, three for a loop. The correct answer is B3. And that card is Sadden Schwing. Red, yellow, and blue. Fear not. We're pretty close. This carven flesh. For tonight, we feast with Blasmafet. Lady Barthamont. (laughs) Okay, we're still all tied up. This is a very interesting race. I'm gonna I can wait. So right the one the card counts as three because there's three it has three three colors. separate numbers. It's like one twenty six, one twenty seven, one twenty eight. You know what I mean? Those are three. You don't make the game call and you're just playing it. <laughs> Question know, number five. Seems, seems unfair, but there are tw- I'm giving you multiple choices here, okay? At least I'm not asking you how many there are. Full stop. Number five. There are 26 Shadow Runeblade action cards in the set, Dusk Till Dawn. I know. Also interesting, right? How many of those cards have flavor text? Is it A, 1, B, 3, C, 0, or D, 6. I'll give you a moment to think about your answer and what you're going to choose. And when you both are ready, we will begin, whenever that is. Take as much time as you need. You said Rune Blade? Shadow Rune Blade. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Colin, what is your answer? It's C0. That is correct. Blammo. Not enough room with all this rune gate text. On. <laughs> Isaac, that's a very good point. What is your answer? I did not. I did not guess C zero. Colin pulls ahead with two points to Isaac's one. That's correct. None of the shadow rune blade cards have flavor text on them. That's lame, though. Very Come disappointing. On. I know. <laughs> There's so much flavor in that class. <laughs> okay, moving farther into the depths of darkness. Question number six: Which shadow card? is the following text from at last i will show them what true knowledge looks like final words of zane rune scribe is it a hungering demigon b babble in darkness or c beseech the demigon i will give you a moment 
to compose yourself and figure out the answer. Because we all play all the shadow cards in all of our shadow hero decks because they were so good. Can you say the letters again? A, B, and C. <laughs> and the cards that go with them. <laughs> A, hungering demigon. B, dabble in darkness. C, beseech the demigon. Also, Colin, when you hold up your post-it note to the camera, it's impossible to read. <laughs> I just no, want I you to read know it. that I'm writing oh, it okay, down. Okay, good. I have you on the separate smaller screen, so maybe that's why. Are you ready? Ready. Yes, chef. <laughs> Isaac, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, cool. Well, then you get... I guessed... You guessed first. C. Beseech the demigod. That is correct. I know. I actually knew that. Oh, nice. Colin also put ah, C. Also C. Got me. Let's go. Colin stays Beseech in the lead. You son of a bitch. Three to two. <laughs> I can't believe you guys got that. How'd you guys figure that out? It was uh, a runner-up for one of my cards for the art draft. Ah, fuck ass. Okay, great job. It sounded like that was right. So Shout out to Zane. I'm just going to start calling Zane Johnson, Runescribe. It's also Zane with an X, so a little different. Nice. It's like Zane on... You know, when it's after hours. All right. Here, a couple of glasses of wine. <laughs> the penultimate question. Number seven. Who said the following? Obsessed, they call me. Rabid overreacher. I merely grasp what begs to be possessed. Is that A, Eldon, Lost Knight? B, Nestus? Or C, Lord Sutcliffe? I'll give you a moment to compose yourselves and think of the answer. Give me the signal non-verbally like you have been, which the I'm ready. Let's love. go, Colin. <laughs> Colin, what is your guess? A, Eldong. The Lost Knight. That is incorrect. Isaac? C, Lord Sutcliffe. That is correct. Isaac ties the game up. Oh, my God. Wow. I couldn't have scripted it better. Eldon the Lost Knight is from the fame of Tome of the Ark Knight. Bonus mm. points if you know the card that this is from. I'll give you a hint. It's a shadow card in Dusk to Dawn. Till Dawn. Um, I would say give me a second, but then we just have dead air. <laughs> <laughs> fine damn it grimoire i know this i'm gonna say grimoire mm. that is not i don't that's incorrect calling i need more time i'm well, out you of time can't say it's incorrect before yeah. he guesses it's definitely <laughs> well, that not one, grimoire that one piece of equipment he won't have to worry about offhanded equipment it is the card tear through the portal whereas that what you had in your mind's eye yep hey, i couldn't remember nestus is from the card Void Wraith, which shout out to past sets. <laughs> shout out to Void Wraiths. <clears throat> shout out to it. Void Wraiths. Okay, it's all tied up three apiece. It comes down to this final question. Number eight, true or false? Come at me, Colin. Both generic cards censor and hold the line have flavor text. 
both generic cards. I'm ready. Censor and hold the line have flavor text. True or false? Ready. Okay. Isaac, did you go last? No. Yes. I'm ready. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to say true, although I had reinforced the line in my mind, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> and I also said true. You are both correct. They both have flavor text. Sensor oh. reads, still your flapping flesh, the rasp, rasping of sinuous cords. Those words were never meant for such as you. And then hold the line. You know, I reads, read that on our art draft. Yeah, totally. <laughs> United we stand, divided we get our damned faces eaten off. <laughs> various <laughs> various <laughs> bold stride. That's correct. Wow. That's another one of those good names. Well, congratulations. In what flavor is it? You can tie. And you guys have both Sounds tied great. with four apiece. I think Victor Goldmane and Barris Boldstride are probably best friends. <laughs> <laughs> one one would hope. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for participating. I had a ton of fun coming up with this. I hope you, the listener, loved it as well. Um, if anybody in the audience wants to come up with a quiz for me to give these lovely mm. co-hosts of mine, I would totally do that. So that's a great idea. Yep. Submit them at the attack action podcast at gmail.com. Final segment board game from the closet board game from the closet here at the attack action podcast. We love to play many games, not just flesh and blood, not just card games. We love role-playing games. We love competitive games. We love solo games. We love drinking beer and, throwing pieces at each other games. We have all kinds of games. And sometimes we like to share one with you. So this game might not be the best in the world. It might not be our favorite, but it is one we love and one that we think that you will enjoy. So today's board game from the closet is Colin's board game. This week's board game is a board game. <laughs> 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 but it also has cards in it. Uh, all right, this week we're talking about Lacrimosa, which I bought purely based on the fact that it was a game about Mozart's Last Requiem and the composing of that uh, musical piece that is highly regarded in uh, music history. Uh, I just thought it was very interesting. I was like, how many games are there about classical music? So Lacrimosa brought to you by, I think, DeVere Games, who do really interesting games, actually, uh, designed by Gerard Asensi and Ferran Renalias. Um, excuse me. It's kind of a heavy game. Um, lots, lots of symbols on a big board. It's kind of confusing, but I did enjoy playing this game. Basically, the idea, you do this weird thing where you're you're playing as a patron of Mozart who is telling the story of how you like helped Mozart in his career to his widow after he dies. <laughs> so you're like, you're both, you know, talking to his widow. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is like thematically, you're not I know. talking. Just, I'm looking at the board um, now and this is like, yeah, it's just, classic euro drive map yeah. with symbols it's, it's like it's like, it's a big old euro map with a point yeah. you know thing around it and then but at the bottom is a musical score 
uh, that you, so you're like telling the story and then you're also like uh, commissioning composers to finish the Requiem because it was unfinished at the time of his death. Um, So you're kind of like doing this like double timeline thing of being like, oh yeah, me and Mozart, we went... (laughs) You know, we went to Strasbourg and, we you know, I bought a, you know, I sold a piece of his there. And like, you know, it's like, so you do these different actions uh, of moving around the board and gaining different, uh, you know, gaining different resources. I mean, it's pretty, it's kind of a pretty cut and dry Euro, but it is the, the, the flavor and theme of it is very fun. It if looks you pretty. Like music and music history. Um, it is very, it is very pretty. Uh, and the way you select your actions is you have uh, you have eight cards and then you slot them into your player board uh, on the top and on the bottom. Um, and so the cards have like a, a top and a bottom. So when you slot them in, it only reveals that bit and then you do uh, the different actions. I've, I kind of forget the... <laughs> Uh, it's like you can gain resources for them basically, or take the actions if you put them on the top. So you kind of like, you know, move your resources around and then you move around the table and you try to like, you know, basically point salad at the game, yeah, end of the game it. where you, you know, uh, you know, have helped so much like with the, uh, uh, composing of the, the piece, uh, you gain different resources throughout the game. Like it was, it was pretty it's pretty funny because you sit there and you're just like saying the names of the actions that like, you know, have no correlation to what they're called to what you're actually doing other than the com- the composing part where you do place little pieces on like the musical score at the bottom. Um, but yeah, it is, it is one of those things where you feel it's just silly because of the nature of it, which is inherently fun. If you like that, um, it is a bit on the heavier side. And so like kind of a big, big game, but, uh, that is a what, what got me giggling is that you said you're just like retelling tales to his widow and you're just like they can go wrong like oh yeah and this one time mozart just fucking got so wasted and he fell in some pig <laughs> shit and i had to hose him off and it was so funny anyway uh your beloved husband was a was a, a dear friend of mine and, and uh, changed our world forever. Sorry. <laughs> it Excuse sounds me. to me like you're uh, trying to smooth this widow for some of the Mozart money now that he's gone. You know, you're, that was you're my trying first thought. to like, yeah, it basically <laughs> is that, but you're, that. It's not about the money. It's about being recognized as like the person who contributed most to his career, <laughs> you know, so, by being, it's like, also a part so of his like so it, Victorian era. Like court I mean, bullshit. Yeah. It's great. The pieces look awesome. I love the little stuffy dude in a wig who's like on the board looking at you, you know? That's Mozart. I know. I love it. It's <laughs> great. great. Anyway, cool. I'm going to buy this. Yeah. Seems great. <laughs> nice. That's, uh, that's this week's board game from the club. Love it. Well, thanks everybody for being here on our episode. We really appreciate that. Uh, you know, get those questions in, get us a quiz to play on the show, like, and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Thanks Colin and Isaac. It's great to hang out with y'all on this afternoon. Appreciate it very much. And, uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the attack action podcast on Twitter 
We are at BattleBroTaylor and at BattleBroIsaac. Shoot us an email, theattackactionpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.